Post. I'm originally from Holland. Um, I was backpacking around Australia for about a year, and I thought, um, yeah, this is this is a pretty awesome place. So I thought I'd stay. What's the easiest way? Um, what's the easiest way into a country? You just find someone, you marry them. <laughs> you have a couple of kids just to play it safe. So that's that's my story. I met Emily. I was like, yeah, she looks she looks pretty. She'll take the boxes. Um, so that's how I end up here. Nah, I married Emily because she's the most beautiful girl in the world. It's a pretty fair trade. <laughs> all right, so as I said in my intro, um, I've been thinking about all these characters. Have a look. So these are just some characters in the Bible. And has anyone got a favorite Bible character? Just name a few. Josh. Gideon. Josh. Fair enough. Gideon. David. David, yeah. Do you mean David Tan or? Yeah. Yeah, yeah fair enough. He's my favorite as well. David. <laughs> Who's your favorite, David? David. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> David's probably my favorite as well. Um, but I always looked at these people growing up and I'd be, I was thinking, man, these people are in a different dimension. I mean, they're awesome. They're cool. I can learn so much from them, but can I do what they do? Probably not. That's how I felt. They just felt unattainable. And, um, you know, these guys, they inspired millions. And I was like, how am I going to inspire millions with my life? And hopefully it becomes clear. Like I said before, we've got a lot more in common with these people than you think. And you might feel quite ordinary, but you can live an extraordinary life. And especially like when I think about this group, I think a lot of us at our, are, are at a very crucial age. So say if you're between your 16, 20s, maybe up until 30, the decisions that you're going to make now are probably going to determine what the rest of your life's going to look like. Now, if you're over 40, just close your ears for a minute. But if you're over 40, 40 have you ever met a 40-year-old or 50-year-old, 60-year-old? They're pretty stubborn, okay? Um, no offense, but maybe in a good way, because you've, you've, you've lived life, um, you've been there, you've done that, you've kind of already decided, okay, this is the life that I'm going to live, and it's quite hard to steer away from that when you're older, because you're like, you're kind of stuck in your ways in a sense, and hopefully you've made good decisions for yourself and you're happy where you're at. Um, but if you're younger, that's a good thing about being young, you're still quite moldable, you're still quite like, okay, um, here's new information, this is what I'm going to do with that, but um, yeah, just keep in mind that this is a really crucial age and that the decisions that you're going to make now in the coming years, they're going to determine whether your life is going to be ordinary or extraordinary. Um, so there's a few points that I want to make um, as to how to live an extraordinary life. And um, I just want to tell you a bit about my testimony. Um, now, first of all, you've got to realize that God's called you. You personally, God's called you. He's got a purpose for your life. And it took me years to, fu to fully understand that. Now, most of us, we came to church. Why? Because our parents, yeah? Our parents, they, um, they joined the fellowship. We were born. We were born into this fellowship. Now, if you're a kid, like when I was a kid, I'd believe anything my parents said. My dad told, if my dad said, the earth is flat, I'm like, yeah, the earth's flat. And it's flat, right? Um, <laughs> all these people I say is not, it's not true because my dad said the earth's flat. But that's what I'm, no, not really. But you just believe what your parents say. So if, if your parents tell you, you got to eat, you got to drink, it's important. You go to the toilet, shower, brush your teeth, like, yeah, of course, God is real. You need, to, you need to receive the spirit, you need baptism. I'm like, yeah, cool, of course. Why do I believe that? Because my parents told me so, okay? Um, now, insert someone that found God when they were 20, 30. They've been through life without God. Um, and a lot of people, when they come to God at a later age, they make, made, made a bit of a mess of their life. You listen to a testimony and often you hear there's heartbreak, there's addiction, um, there's pain. People left them, some passed away. They were broken. And then they found God and it's like, boom, clear as day. Like my life was a mess. I found Jesus and now my life is amazing. He healed me. My sins are forgiven and is amazing testimony. It's super black and white, super black and white. And um, confession time. If you grew up in church, have you ever heard, man, you're so blessed. You're so lucky to be brought up in the Lord. And, um, you know, still, still um, these days, I feel like, I don't know if that's true. Because people tell me, you're so lucky, you're so blessed. I was like, yeah, okay, yeah, I guess. I guess I'm lucky. I guess I'm blessed. But I really struggled with the fact of growing up in the Lord. Because when I came to an age of understanding, 
I was so conflicted and so confused. I was like, why am I here? Am I really here because I want to be here? Or am I here because this is just my parents, they, they found God and they decided, you know what, let's have a couple of kids and I was born into it. And I guess people don't always understand that, that it comes with some real struggles because it's not that black and white. I always had in the back of my head, I was like looking at the world. I was like, man, it looks kind of tempting. It looks fun. And all these people that say, nah, it's horrible. It's all bad. I was like, well, my friends seem to be having a good time. So, um, yeah, I, I really hate, not hate it, but it still annoys me when people say, you're so blessed, you're so lucky, because there was actually a lot of hardships that came with growing up in church and a lot of confusion. Um, now, for a long time, I wasn't really happy coming to church. I didn't hate it. Camps were awesome. Uh, my friends were awesome. And, um, but then I came to an age where I kind of concluded, I'm just here because of my parents. And I started believing actually that God, I don't think God chose me. I didn't even really know if I believed in God. Like, I think, I don't know if God, like God chose my parents. Their conversion is pretty awesome. Did he choose me or I was just born into this. Now I want to go to the first verse. So if you do have your Bible, can you go to Jeremiah chapter one? I'd like someone to read this verse for me. Um, with a loud voice, David, do you mind reading Jeremiah? And read it slowly. Uh, Jeremiah 1 verse 5. Yep. Um, before I formed you in the which version? I don't know. I read up the New King James. Yep. Verse 5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Thank you. So let's dissect that. And I want God's talking to Jeremiah here, but I want you to insert your own name here. Before I formed you in the belly. So what's that saying? It's saying that God formed you in your mother's belly. Before you came forward out of the womb, I sanctified thee. I chose you. I set you apart and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. That means that you're not here by chance. God was looking at the world around back then and he said, I need a Jeremiah. These people are going astray. I need a prophet. I need a Jeremiah. So I'm going to make a Jeremiah. And today there's issues in this world and God is like, I need a Mason. I need an Ali. Fill in your own name. I need you. There's people in this world that only you can reach out to. You're going to have certain talents that only you can use. I need you. Now, Jeremiah, he's not going to force you to fulfill that purpose. Jeremiah could have run away. But you need to realize that God has chosen you. And you're here for a purpose. You're not here because of your parents. God made you with a purpose. And you've got to accept that God's called you. And that he has a purpose for your life. Because God doesn't make mistakes. Now, all through the Bible, it's full of people being called. And it talks about people having a purpose. So as you see, I've got some names here and there's a couple of blanks there. Now, I don't know, would you put your name there? For a long time, if I'd put my name there, it would seem quite misplaced. I was like, man, I can't really live up to those people. I can't really live up to, to what they's, they've done. And um, I just want to look at some of the um, achievements of these people. And if you know one, just yell it out. So what's Mary known for? Yeah, having a little lamb. Very big accomplishment. What was that? Um, mother of Jesus. She's a mother of Jesus. Pretty big deal, right? Mother of Jesus. The apostles, what are some of their accomplishments? Yeah. Yeah, day of Pentecost. And 2,000 people were added to the kingdom. Um, who we got? Timothy. It's probably one of the young, youngest pastors ever. He went on mission trips with Paul. Um, Josiah was an awesome king who had a terrible, terrible dad. And there was a lot of evil going on in the country. He got rid of all of it. Um, Jesus, don't really need to go there, really. Um, we all know what he did. Daniel was taken captive. And he was in his worldly environment in with the Babylonians. And he had to bow down. But he did to the false gods, but he didn't. He was thrown into the lion's den. He survived it. David faced a giant, defeated a giant. 
Jeremiah was called to be a prophet unto the nations. Joshua, some of these guys, they did some really incredible things. And um, it's clear, yeah? They did remarkable things. Now, I want to go to, to my favorite Bible verse with all of you. Can we go to James chapter 5? I've always wondered. I've never really had a favorite Bible verse. But um, I think I can, at the moment, this is definitely my favorite. James chapter 5. Now, just that first little, in verse 17, just that first little line. I think, um, who's, got the, who's got the KGV? Pastor John, you got the King James Version? Yeah. If you just read the first line in um, James chapter 5, verse 17. Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are. Yep. So, what that, if you look it up in other translations, it says that Elijah was a man with a nature just like ours. Or in other words... Elijah was a man just like us. You know what? That's my favorite because all these people that you read about, that brings them down to my level. Because saying Elijah was a man just like us. Elijah was one of the greatest prophets in the Old Testament. Did some incredible things. So if he was a man just like us, all these people here, they're also men just like us. And a lot of times I felt weak. I was like, what can I do? You know, who am I? And there's a real danger that we look at people like this, we look at these stories, and we think that they're unattainable. Um, I was like, jo- well, I'm going to be like Joseph. I'm going to be like Esther. Um, I'm going to be like Mary. I'm going to be like Jesus. No way, I can't be like that. But this verse is telling me they're human beings just like us. And the moment that you lift them up above anyone, if, if the moment you lift them up above yourself, you're kind of accepting a mediocre life. And I get really insecure. Say, when I got asked to run this, I got pretty insecure. I was like, I was pretty tempted to say no, because I was like, man, like, why me? There's, there's better people to ask than me. But I've got to remind myself, Elijah was a man just like me. All these people, they were called by God. They did remarkable things. Men and women, different backgrounds. And you too, you've been called for a purpose. And you can live a remarkable life. Now, another interesting fact, none of these people were perfect. None of them had cushy lives. They went through some real hardships. And I um, just wanted to go through some of them. So if you got um, Daniel and these three, three fellas, I'm not going to even attempt to say their name. <laughs> I really made a fool out of myself doing that a few times. They're actually friends. And they were called, they were, um, they're, uh, they were taken over by the enemy, the Babylonians. They were taken captive. So they were... Um, amongst the Israelites, and they were taken away from that, put into this system, and they had to go through this education with the Babylonians. Sounds similar, right? Where we're in this world, we're in this worldly world, and the world wants us to adapt to all these things. The apostles, they did amazing things, but you know that they lacked faith at times? Um, they, had, they had trouble understanding things at times. Jeremiah, do you know he had depression? I can't say that, I don't know, 100%, but... He said that he wished he was dead. Like if you read the passages, it's really, really gloomy how he felt at times. It was like he seemed really depressed. And I guess some of us might suffer from mental illness as well. Esther, one of my favorites. Do you know she was an orphan? Both her parents passed away. And she was taken captive. Taken captive by the enemy. David, King David, he was the youngest. He was the least significant. When Samuel came to look for, for, um, uh, for the next king... Jesse, his dad, he didn't even consider getting David. He's like, these are all my sons. This is one of them. And he's like, no, it's David, the least of them, the youngest of them. Joseph, he was hated by his loved ones. The people closest to him hated him. His brothers wanted him dead. Um, Jonathan, really awesome character. I never realized this, but he was, the, he was the, the son of Saul. So what happened? He was supposed to be king. But what happened? David came on the scene and David was going to become king. And sometimes in life, you might have things planned for yourself. Maybe it doesn't go the way you planned it. You don't get that job. The relationship you're in, it doesn't work out. Same with Jonathan. He was supposed to be king. It didn't happen. Josiah, spoke about them, had a terrible father. Maybe you've got not, not a great parent. Maybe you've grown up in a, in a bad environment, bad influences. Timothy's on there. 
He was constantly despised for his youth because Paul had to tell him, don't let anyone despise you for your youth. And that's the beauty about God is that you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be in a perfect situation. In 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7, if you can just go there. 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7. Do you mind reading that out, James? Cheers, man. So 1 Samuel 16, verse 7. For the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. Thank you. I love that verse. The Lord doesn't look on the outside. He doesn't look at the outward appearance. He looks at the heart. Now, we live in a world where you're constantly judged for what you look like. And you're pressured in to follow all the latest trends. And there's all this pressure to fit in and to wear this and do that and whatnot. Um, and that might, at times, make you feel like you don't feel too highly of yourselves. But God doesn't care about any of that. God just says he looks at what's on the inside and he looks at what's in, the, in your heart. And all these people are from different backgrounds. And we're all from different backgrounds. But God doesn't require you to be perfect. But he does need you to have a willing heart. And that's something all these people had in common. They weren't perfect, but they had a willing and a pure heart toward God. And they accepted their calling. And there's something else that they had in common. If you know the answer, don't... Well, I think Emily knows, don't say it. But is there anything you can think of that these people in particular have in common? They're all human. It's not what I was going for, but yeah, true. <laughs> They all had legs. They all had to breathe. Yeah. Anything else? No, Emily, you know the answer. They all had a love for the Lord. Yeah. Don't no, don't spoil it. Who invited her? Do you know that all these people were young? Do you know that they were really young when they were called? Um, let's go through the list. Daniel, Shadrach, I'm going to try. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It says that they were taken captive as children. The apostles, Jesus was 30 when he started his ministry. In Jewish culture, you couldn't be older than your teacher. So they had to be younger than 30. And um, they were fishermen, they were working with their dad. So it's estimated that they're, they were between maybe 15, 25. Jeremiah, when he was called by God, he said, but I am but a child. He's estimated to be about 16 when he was called. Now, Esther, according to Middle Eastern traditions, she would have had to be, she married um, Xerxes. She would have had to be a teenager when she did that. David was the youngest of his family, had to be around 10 to 15 when he was anointed by Samuel. Joseph, again, was the youngest, probably around 17 when he was sold into slavery and he had to figure it out on his own. Samuel, I, think, I don't think he's on, he's on there. Apparently Samuel was called around 11 when, when he was called to be a prophet. Jonathan was mid to late 20s. Um, Mary, the mother of Jesus, might surprise you, but she was probably around 16 when she gave birth to Jesus. Don't get any ideas, girls. Um, Josiah. Josiah was 26 when he rebuilt the temple. Tradition says that Timothy was around 16 when he converted to Christianity and that around 21 he joined Paul on his first mission. Solomon began his reign around 19 or 20. Jesus, um, he as a kid, he impressed um, the leaders of the time in the synagogue. He was about 12 when he did that and started his ministry around 30. So if you're 30, you're still okay. Um, does anyone know who the lunch boy is? Do you know what lunch boy is? Oh, was he the one that had like the bread and the fish that Yes. Bonus points for you. Do you want extra chocolate? No. Well, I'm going to give you one anyway. Skittles. Okay. He's my favorite character. So, um, you remember that story when Jesus had to feed the multitude? That was a kid. He had to, poor kid. He had, he had some, he had some um, loaves of bread and fish and he had to give it up. Imagine if you're, KFC, you have, you're hungry, you've got your KFC bucket, and then 
these lame apostles come by and take your KFC bucket. But he did that. What an amazing attitude. Probably one of the greatest sacrifices ever. And Joshua, in the Bible, it actually says that Joshua served Moses from when he was young. So I was really surprised. All these people were really young when they were called by God or when they started, when they accepted their calling by God. Now, when I look around this room, um, just pretend I don't see that, those two in the back. I see a lot of young people. So lucky you, because God loves using young people. He loves using young people. You're in the prime of your life to be used by God. I'm not saying you can always be used by God, but these guys were all young when they were used by God. So this is a room full of so much potential. I see a room of people that tick all the boxes. You're called, you're called by God for a purpose. You're young. And I know you're all willing and that your heart is towards God or you wouldn't be here. Now, all these people did remarkable things and so can we. Now, my second point is that you've got to go all in and you can't hold back. Now, they had a lot in common and that's something they had in common as well. When they, when they had their calling, they went all in. They loved God fully, 100% like we heard. And um, Joshua, the theme is home after all. This my talks with absolutely nothing to do with the theme, by the way. But just for the sake of it, I'm going to add a verse with the word home in it so you can say, oh, yeah, it was about home. <laughs> Joshua 24, verse 15. It's Joshua, obviously. If it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served that were on the side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua was a young dude. He said, you know what? He was talking to the world, the people around him. You do whatever you want. But me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And um, I just want to tell you a bit about my testimony. I'm going to open up a little bit. And it's kind of embarrassing, to be honest. I, grew, I remember being a teenager. Um, I was kind of going into the world. I was kind of straying away. I remember one time, kind of went out with friends, work colleagues, um, started drinking, um, Became a real mess. And the next day I went to church. Now, how hypocritical was that? There was even times where doing stuff with friends that I shouldn't be doing. And next meeting, I'd give my testimony. What a, I was leading a double life for a long time. And I wasn't happy for it because I was leading a double life. I was holding on to certain things in the world. And those worldly things didn't feel good because I had the spirit inside of me. He was telling me it's not good. And then I come to church and I didn't feel good there because I was doing things that weren't great. Now, you might not be doing things like that, but you might all you be doing is come to church once on a week on a Sunday and then you spend 30 hours a week watching Netflix. Like maybe it's not as bad, but it's also, again, it's time that you're not giving to God. It's going to the world. Now, the Bible is full of verses. I'll just read a few. In James, it says a double minded man is unstable in all his ways. In 1 Kings 18, it says, How long will you be liming between two different opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. Matthew says, You can't serve two masters. 2 Kings says, uh, talks about nations feared God and also served their carved images. So there's a whole pattern through the Bible, Old Testament to New Testament, where God is warning you that you can't do it half-heartedly. You've got to make up your mind. You can't give God of your leftovers. And I'm not saying that you can't have fun and hobbies. Of course you can. But you've got to make sure that God's your number one priority in your life. And then you'll start seeing him reveal himself in your life. And I'd ask God for things as a kid. But then I had to realize God also asked things of me. And um, you might be wondering why there's all these lovely drinks here. Well, they're not for you. Sorry. All right, so got milk here. Now, milk, in this scenario, is going to represent God or your godly life. Because it's healthy, I think. Um, these things are not so healthy. Very tasty, though. I'm not going to lie. Love that sound. Chocolate milk, always shake. That's when you know you're in Australia when you shake your chalky milk. <laughs> Finally, I did it. Okay, so this is what I would do. When I was growing up in church, I'd be like, I'm going to go to church. I'm going to sing praise to God. Drink, drink that. 
and then going to hang out with my friends, do stuff that I shouldn't be doing. Drink that. Um, man, I really love you, brother. Drink that. Man, I can't stand you, sister. So this is what I was doing. Had a bit of gold in my life. I was going to mix it with the world. Bad thoughts, doing things I shouldn't be doing. Lovely. <laughs> More world. And for years I, could, I thought, you know what? It's going to work. It's going to work. I can keep going. I can lead this double life. Reap the benefits from God. You know what's going to happen right now, yeah? I've got three cups here. Where's Mitchell? He was really curious. You volunteered yourself, so can you please come forward? Mason, are you brave enough? I'm going to, I'm going to drink one as well. Is there a girl who's brave enough? Yeah, are you brave enough? All right, take a drink. Have a sit. Cheers. Cheers. That's actually not bad. <laughs> That's not what I was expecting. Okay, you can sit down. Does it taste good? Just give it back. Yeah, you can keep it if you like it. There's a lot of textures in that. <laughs> Thank you guys. Oh, he drank the whole thing. He loved it. <laughs> guys, if you mix the world and you mix God, it doesn't taste good. It doesn't leave a good taste in your mouth. It just doesn't work. And that's what I was doing for a long time. I was mixing these things and it just doesn't taste good. It left a bad taste in my mouth. And um, you guys deserve another chalky if you want. Um, yeah, it just doesn't taste good. Now, like Joshua, you got to decide. Me and my house, I'm going to serve God. Get rid of the worldly stuff and start serving God. And if you think about a relationship, because that's what it is when you're with God, it's a relationship with God. Um, I don't know if you're in a relationship. Don't try it, but if you've got someone on the side, it's probably not going to work. Your partner's probably not going to be very happy with that. And the same with God. You can't say you love God and kind of love the world on the side. It's just not going to work, okay? Now, if you want to know God's calling for your life, you've got to make sure you're close to Christ. Now, um, let's just go to Mark 5, please. Actually, you might not go there, just for time's sake. Mark 5, it talks about a lady who was really sick. Now, she was bleeding. For a long time, she'd been bleeding. And she just couldn't get healed. For years and years, this, is go this had gotten on. This has gone on. And then Jesus came on the scene. And she said, if I could only touch Jesus, I'll be healed. Now, what she had to do is she had to go through the crowd and touch Jesus. Now, something amazing happened in her life because she got healed. And that happened because she was close to Jesus. Because she could touch Jesus. Now, I love that story as a metaphor to ask myself, how close am I to Jesus? Am I 200 meters away from him? If I am, then he might be telling me his purpose for my life, but I can't hear him because he's that I've, I'm so far away from him. But if I'm close to him, like you guys can hear me, hopefully. I'm not just talking to myself. You can hear me, right? And if you're that close to Jesus, you'll be able to hear him and you'll hear what he has to say for your life. So you've got to make sure that you're close to Jesus so he, you can hear his purpose for your life. And um, there's no better places than camps like this to get close to Jesus. And honestly, you'll start seeing every aspect of your life improve the moment that you get close to him. Um, last, point, last point is that time is really valuable. All right, um, I'll take some notes. There's this book. There's this book um, called The Five Regrets of the Dying. Has anyone ever heard of it? Okay. Yeah, cool. Now, so there's this lady. I think she worked as a nurse, and she worked in palliative care. 
So she was dealing with people that are on their deathbed. And she thought it'd be a good idea or do a study. What are the most common regrets of someone? Um, yeah, of someone at the end of their life. What are the most common regrets? Like, can you have a guess? There's five things. What do you think could be one of their regrets? When you come to the end of your life? Work TJ? Too much. Work too much, who said that? David, yeah, very good. TJ? Probably relationship with brothers, sisters. Yeah, that was there. So it says, um, I wish I stayed in touch with my friends and family. Often they, they would not truly realize the full benefits of old friends until their dying weeks, and it was not always possible to tra track them down. Many had become so caught up in their own lives that they had uh, let, let golden friendships or family time slip by over the years. There were many deep regrets about not giving family and friendships the time and effort they deserved. Everyone misses their friends and family when they are dying. I'll just put down friends and family. Anyone else have a guess? Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Um, that, was, that was up there. Um, so I wish that I had, I guess this fits there. I wish that I had my, let, let myself be happier. This is a surprisingly common one. Many did not realize until the end that happiness is a choice. They had stayed stuck in old patterns and habits. The so-called comfort, like you said, spontaneity, the so-called comfort of familiarity overflowed into their emotions as well as their physical life. Fear of change had them pretending to others and to themselves that they were content when deep within they longed to laugh properly and have silliness in their life again. Well, I guess beautiful but really sad as well they just long that they let themselves be silly at times so um let themselves be happier um and just going back to the work one this came from every male per uh this is what she says this came from every every single male patient that i nursed they missed their children's youth and their partner's companionship. Women also spoke of this regret, but obviously um, they were from an older generation, so many of the female patients had not been breadwinners. All of the men I nursed deeply regretted spending so much of their lives on the treadmill of a work existence. Another one is, I wish I had the courage to live a life true to myself, not to the life others expected of me. This was the most common regret of all. When people realize that their life is almost over, they lack, look back clearly on it, it's easy to see how many dreams had gone unfulfilled. Most people had not honored even half of their dreams and had to die knowing that it was due to choices they made or not made. Health brings a freedom very few realize until they no longer have it. Um, courage. Live. Life. How was my handwriting? <laughs> True. To. Uh oh. Them. Selves. <coughs> and last one, I wish I had the courage to express my feelings. Many people suppress their feelings in order to keep peace with others. As a result, they settled for a mediocre existence and never became who they were truly capable of becoming. Many developed illness relating to bitterness and resentment that they carried as a result. Uh, wish. Express feelings. So it's clear, yeah, that um, you can come to the end of your life and have regrets. Now, is there something that you can think of, maybe? Say if today was your last day. 
tomorrow's your last day, would there be something you had to regret, you, you, you'd really regret? You know what I'd regret? Spending so much time on my phone. I'd really, I really regret that. If I, if I, it was this the end and so it was like, man, I spent five hours a day on my phone. Something like that. Because life is really short, you know, and it's going faster and faster. And I heard this thing that someone said is like, when you're 10, no one's, no one's quite 10 here. It feels that life's going 10 miles an hour. It couldn't go any faster. You're like, man, can't wait to grow up, be older, get my license, get a job, get a girlfriend or boyfriend, whatever you're into, um, you know? And then when you're 20, it feels like it's, life's going 20 miles an hour. Oh, it's speeding up a bit, but you know, I've got my whole 20s. It's, it's all good. And then you're 30, it feels like your life's going 30 miles an hour. And you're like, well, I'm really going fast. And I'm saying miles because it has a bit more effect than kilometers. It's a bit faster. And then you're 40, um, and it feels life's going 40 miles an hour. It's going pretty fast. And I'm seeing some of us here, they're like on the fast lane. They're, um, <laughs> they're, really, they're about to crash. They're going really fast. Okay. <laughs> you guys should be on the Autobahn in, in Germany or something. But the older you get, it feels like the faster life's going to go. And I'm 28. It might not seem young, but I remember being 10 and looking at people in the 20s like, I wish I was their age. I wish, but I was, I was like, it's never going to come. I'm 10. It's going to take forever. Now I've got a kid. I've got a second kid on the way. I'm married. I go to bed at nine. I'm like old. <laughs> like, it's really sad. I'm one of those people that I never thought I was going to be. Um, but yeah, you have to look at your life. And you have to look at this timeline and say, okay, I've been called by the creator of the universe. What am I going to do with the time that's been given to me? Um, and again, time for a confession. Um, and this cannot leave this room whatsoever. That's a song by Nickelback. Yeah, Emily. <laughs> that I really like. I, I said it. Yeah, I said it. I like a song by Nickelback. It says, if today was your last day, really good lyrics, really good lyrics. Just have a listen to it. Now, do you know that the average teenager spends seven hours a day on their phone? Seven hours a day on your phone. Now, can you imagine getting to the end of your life? Because you will one day and you're like, man, I got a family. I got kids, got a beautiful wife, beautiful husband, um, got a nice house. But you know what I'm proudest of? I spent seven hours a day on my phone. That's, I'm so proud of that. I spent four hours a day on Instagram going through stories of people that I don't even know. I got invested in people's lives that don't even know me. I'm so glad I did that. And that's what we do. Man, I'm so glad I kept up with the Kardashians. <laughs> I am. Um, that's her guilty pleasure. Used to be. No one's perfect. We got people from Adelaide. We got people that watch the Kardashians. We're very accepting here. But you got to think of these things that it might be fun now, but you're not, you're not going to look back on your life and think these are great accomplishments, okay? So you got to think about these things. And the celebrities that we follow, some people get really invested in a celebrity and they'll never even know that you exist. They'll never know of your existence. And you'll, you what, you're going to give so much time of your life to these people but how about we give time to the one who created us? We give time to Jesus who died for us. We give time to someone that's got eternity in store for us. That sounds like someone who's really deserving of our time. So don't follow the crowd, okay? Don't be afraid to stick out a crowd because I just feel everyone's a copy of a copy. And if you're going to follow them, you're just a copy of a copy of a copy. And you need to be unique. You're called to be unique. God wants you to be unique so you can stand out and it's just like okay lord here i am it's time i'm gonna go for it yes i'm scared sometimes yes i'm sad sometimes i don't understand everything but i know god that you love me and then i'm set for all of eternity and if i'm loved by god like what can really go wrong but yeah there might be doubts that some, there might be downs doubts there might be questions but you just got to go for it you know and what's our generation going to be remembered for i think it's good every now and then that you take a step back Especially when you look at the apostles and stuff, like, man, their generation was remembered for something. They did some pretty amazing things. And um, now we're here in 2021, 2020, 2021. My generation, these people in the room, what we're going to be remembered for when we come to the end. 
And I truly, I honestly believe that we're going to be remembered for great things. Because I see a room that's full of potential, people that love God, have a willing heart, that want to serve God. And I really believe that we're going to be remembered for great things. Um, so don't settle for an ordinary life. This world needs you. Your friends needs you, your family needs you, your church needs you, your brothers and sisters, they all need you. And you could really impact someone's life. Now think about the story of Peter. Peter was a very ordinary man, just like you and me. But you remember that story when he walked on water? He could do amazing things as long as he has his eyes fixed on Jesus. When Jesus, he was in the storm, Jesus was there. He had his eyes on Jesus and he could walk on water. If you start taking your eyes off Jesus... That's when you start drowning. So whatever you're going through, you always got to keep your eyes on Jesus. Now, I'd kind of like to end with a practical implication. Um, I'm all for that um, because sometimes, um, you know, you hear a talk, you give a talk, and you're like, okay, what can I do with that? Um, There has to be something practical that you can take away. Now, um, just something I want to mention is that you can be used by God and don't just rely on your church to be used by God. Now, the church can use you. But sometimes we limit ourselves. We're like, man, I'm not, used being, I'm not being used for this. I'm not being used for that. What can I really do? There's not much I can do. Maybe you feel you're just a kid and you're like, what can I do? I'm just a kid. There's all these adults on stage. Um, and I know sometimes some females can struggle with this as well. I've heard girls say, when it's like, well, I can't give a talk. I can't be up um, doing choruses. Like, what can I do? But those things are actually quite insignificant. Say if I, I give a talk... Half of the people when I give a talk, they're probably asleep. Half of those people that did listen, they probably didn't even like my talk. And then the half of what's left, they probably forgot what I was talking about like an hour after. And half is left of that is like, I mean, you, we think these things are really significant, and they are. Don't get me wrong. Those things are awesome. But there's some really, really, really great things that you can do. And you don't have to be on a stage or whatever to do those things. The really, really awesome stuff that happens that you can do when you really move someone, when you can really change someone's life is when you move out of your own conviction. When, you be, when you're being led by the Spirit. Um, all good. Now, those are the things that can um, make your life really extraordinary. So, um, anyone, got, anyone got things on their bucket list? Name something. Dave, you got anything you want to do before you die? Surely you got something. I want to go to America, road trip America. Be pretty cool. Anyone else? You got a bucket list? Yeah, we can go together with the families. That'd be cool. You can babysit my kids. Oh, I'll go separate. The boys, boys trip. Um, go to Europe. Okay, shush. I didn't ask you. Um, only speak when you're spoken to, buddy. Um, Mason, you got a big thing in Australia. Like Jacob and Master? <laughs> oh, you mean actual, yeah. All the, like all the, the pineapple and... Yeah, the big pineapple, big banana, because there's a few things. There's rocks, too. Interesting, yeah, fair enough. Um, you can just go to Google, might be a bit faster. <laughs> Cheaper as well. And else got stuff on their bucket list, Mason? Yeah, I'd love to get like a van. I can kind of travel around. For a I got two vans here. Yeah. <laughs> you want one? Go in a van, that's cool. Any of you in the front row got something on their bucket list? That'd be pretty epic. Go to Disney World, for sure. Bucket Travel overseas. Travel overseas. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Bucket list, yeah? Whoa, hectic. That's wild. Another thing is, I want to go to Holland to see my heritage. This man. I'm Dutch. It makes me emotional, yes. Go to Holland. Has to be on, on the top of everyone's bucket list, go to Holland, obviously. Um, God's promised land, apparently, I've been told. Um, so yeah, we got a bucket list, right? I've got bucket list. There's heaps of stuff I want to do. Um, have you ever thought of having a spiritual bucket list? So I just thought about that. Have you got a spiritual um, bucket list? So I just want to write down some things. I'll start. Actually, who's got a re- who's got a nice handwriting? Surely there's a female here. Yes. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, I believe that. Thanks for volunteering.
purple. Yeah, if it works. Let's just do the other This is very trippy. Right no, no, because if you now press it, okay, you figure it out. Okay, so there's actually a lot of things. I, I wrote down 36 things on my spiritual bucket list. So you're going to have your hands full, people. So I'm just going to name a few, and hopefully we can add stuff um, ourselves. So what you could have on your bucket list is ask a stranger's testimony. Just write it, not too big. Yep. Just go to up to someone that you haven't met before and say, hey, can I hear your testimony? <laughs> can you write faster? No pressure, but <laughs> it doesn't have to be that. That is a very good handwriting, I must say. You did say, like, the deeper tension that she's got. Fair enough. <laughs> nice. All right, I had another one. Create a youngest chat and send out a de uh, your favorite scripture. You can abbreviate it if you want. Now you got, I'm sure you've all got youngest chats where you talk about stuff, but why not start one and just make it a spiritual one? Um, call someone. Someone that's been on your mind, that you just call them. See how they're doing. Share something about God on your Instagram story. Or your Facebook story, whatever you're into. Next time you hang out with your mates, Start with five minutes of prayer. Just say, hey guys, let's have some prayer. So it might be a good idea if you want, when we have this list completed, maybe take a photo. Now, um, who, who's got something else that we can put on a spiritual bucket list? It can be anything. Mason? Yeah, I had that one as well. That's awesome. Visit a fellowship you haven't been to or go to a camp you haven't been to. Anyone else got something? Yep. Yeah, that's a very good one to have on your bucket list. Pray with someone to receive a spirit. Maybe in your fellowship, there could be young people that haven't received a spirit yet. I think you'd be the perfect person to pray with them. No pressure, of course. Anyone else? Yep. Yeah, very good. Share testimony with someone outside of church. Anyone else? Emily? Yeah, I had that one as well. Be hospitable. You might not live by yourself, but I'm sure your parents will be more than happy to accommodate that. And there's actually, believe it or not, in your fellowship, there's going to be people that are quite lonely. So don't just be hospitable to your friends, but be hospitable especially to the people who are alone. There's widows in your church, maybe, people that lost their partners. Um, Annalise, did you have something? I had that one as well. Yeah. So, overseas rally or a mission trip? Go to G. Like you, that's you go to PNG and Fiji at the same time. PNG, um, PNG or Fiji or Africa, if you're really brave. Anyone else got something? Talk to someone and bring them back to fellowship. I had that one as well. I love that one. Talk to someone and bring them back to fellowship. Was got to be cautious with that one, but you might have a friend that left church. You know, we see you can always seek advice from an oversight member, but what an awesome thing if you could bring someone back to church, bring them back to fellowship. I've got a lot of friends that left church and I'm sure that I haven't spoken to them in a while. What's stopping me from having a chat to them? Anyone else? Mason? We had a guy 
Sick. Yeah. You don't have to wait around for some of you might not be happy with your what's happening youngies or you're like, oh, it's not enough happening. Create a camp. Create an event. Why not? Nothing's stopping you. Anyone else? Read, I had to read the Bible in a year. Read the entire Bible in a year. Become an expert on a particular book or a particular topic where you're going to be like, you know what? It's going to be my thing. Read whole Bible. There's a few pretty um, dry passages. I don't blame you if you just go through them when it's just names and names. I had random acts of kindness. You might see a homeless person on the street and you might, like, why not give him a sandwich and then maybe give him a leaflet and say, hey, like, Jesus loves you. So random act of kindness. Or you might know someone in your fellowship that's struggling, that's sick, just lost someone. Like, go around and say, hey, you guys, you got five bucks. Let's buy him something nice. Let's get him some food. So random act of kindness. Um, go to, yeah, that one. Um, forgive someone who did you wrong. Had as well. That's a big one. Um, did we have witness witness to a schoolmate or a colleague? Witness. And with, yeah, again, ho hospitality. Invite someone that you don't know. Now, um, I don't know if any of you guys remember Michael Hansen. Um, he was on the Gold Coast for a little bit when I was there. And you know what he did? He was visiting elderly people in our fellowship by himself. And one day, no one knew. But apparently he had just been visiting elderly people by himself. And one day he said, hey, Jamie, like, you want to come along and visit Bev? I was like, yeah, yeah, sure. So we just went visit an elderly person and she loved it. Then next week I said like, hey, hey. And she was like, she didn't have no idea who I was. But I was like, oh, I thought we really bonded. But um, <laughs> that's cool. They might not even remember you do it. But at the time, they'll have a great time. So visit an elderly person. That's, again, might be better by themselves. Grab a few youngies. They'll love it. Um, mission trip. Tell a pastor or oversight member you're really grateful for what they do. I think they get overlooked sometimes. Um, it's a random thing I thought. Um, it's a very selfless thing to do, to be a pastor and be oversight. Um, it's easy to complain. It's not easy to complain about our pastor because Pastor John's perfect, obviously. But um, yeah, just tell them you're grateful for what you do, for what they do. Go to your pastor and ask them, is there something I can do? Is there some, it might be something practical. Is there something I can do around the church? Clean up, tidy up. Zarefa's gift card. Yeah, he's not a coffee connoisseur because if he was, he wouldn't go to Zarefa's, but don't hold it against him. If you like hot milk, that's fine. I can give you hot milk. Tell a brother or a sister that you love them. It's nice to hear every now and then that you're loved. I hear it all the time. Emily's absolutely obsessed with me. It gets a bit annoying. <laughs> oh, I love you, Jamie. I love you so much. You're so perfect. Jamie, yes? Yeah. Compliment someone. And if you see them do something, like, yeah. Like, why not give them a compliment and say... Yes. Heck yeah. Okay, go to Israel and um, baptize someone in Jordan River. So Jesus got baptized. Are you going to organize a trip to Israel? Yeah. That's pretty powerful. Yeah. Conan? Five minutes of morning tea. <laughs> Don't know why that's good, but. 
donate to your church or a mission. I think we all we can all do that. We'll wrap it up. Um, give a talk if you're a guy. If you're a female, give a talk to yourself. That's cool. <laughs> give a talk or a testimony. Yeah, Mitch. Yeah, yeah, that's an awesome one. I think this is an awesome time to do that, this camp. Another one, my favorite. If you see a parent at church with young kids, tell me, look after their kids. No, but seriously, that's really helpful. If, um, you got your hands full with a small kid and you miss out you miss out on a lot of the meetings so i always really appreciate it um if someone takes away isla for a week or a month <laughs> has anyone else got anything i just have one more thing go into a remote place and it's just going to come as a shock don't take your phone Whoa. Don't take your phone or go in airplane mode. Just take your Bible. Go into a remote, go to the beach, go to the woods, whatever. Go to Ro- No, don't go to Roma. Don't do that. No, go to Roma. Yeah, for sure. They don't have internet there anyways, do they? Like th- third world. Um, go to Roma. Support a small fellowship. Yeah, Nat? Um, what about starting the day with prayer, even just a minute? 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I love that because so many times we talk to God and we tell God what he wants to do with our day or God, I'd like you to do this, but start the day with prayer and just see God. It's like, okay, God, what do you want me to do today? Um, There's a few other things. Bring someone along to church, partake in the gifts. So we'll just wrap up there, but I hope you see that there's actually a lot of things that you can do. And, um, Thank you very much. I'll, I'm going to take a picture of that. What was the last one? Partaking the gifts. All right. One more. Or <laughs> well, you need to come with one more then. Do we have a remote place? I added it to this one. Cool. Um. Memorize a scripture. Mem- memorize a chapter. There's some pretty short chapters, so just find one of those. And tell someone about it. Yep. Yes, very good. Very good. Because sometimes when it's a group prayer and fast, it might not feel as genuine because you're doing it because everyone, everyone else is doing it. you meant to do it. So have a personal prayer and fast session. I always used to think it was prayer and feast, but it's prayer and fast. Don't get it confused. One more. One more. Yes, bring it home. Yeah, go to church with expectancy. It's easy to just rock up to church and you go through the motions. You go to church a couple of times a week, but actually go there and expect something to take away. So I just quickly want to summarize that, guys, and I'll let you go. Have intent, come to church with intent to... Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes, 100%. So go there to expect and with intent to give something. That was good. All right, just to quickly summarize. So we're all at a crucial age, okay? The decisions that you make now will determine the life that you're going to live, ordinary ordinary or extraordinary. God has created and called you for a purpose. You're not here by chance, and he doesn't make mistakes. Now, if you think about, I want you to think about your favorite Bible character. Think about these people. 
Um, and they did some truly remarkable things. They had an extraordinary life, but they were men and women just like us. And you too, through God and the Spirit, can do remarkable things. Now, this is a room of people that tick all the boxes. We're all young. God loves using young people. You're called by God. You're willing and you have a heart towards God. There might be setbacks and yes, you'll make mistakes, but God doesn't look at what's on the outside. So there's a room full of potential. And don't hold back. You and your house will serve the Lord. Drinks, they don't taste good um, when you mix them. So don't hold on to sins. Don't hold too much onto this world and prioritize serving God. So then how close are you to Christ? Can you touch him? Um, yeah, life is short. The older you get, you'll find that the faster life goes. Make sure that you don't, don't come to the end of your life and that you've got regrets. If tomorrow's your last day and you think, maybe I'll regret this, time to fix it. Um, you've been called by the creator of the universe who has an eternity in store for you. Jesus gave his life for you. No one is more deserving of your time than him. So what are you going to do with the time that you've been given and put down a smartphone every now and then? Um, and yeah, what will our generation be remembered for? And I really believe it's going to be great things. And don't settle for an ordinary life. Don't be a copy of a copy of a copy and stand out from the crowd. Just like Peter, as long as he looked to Jesus, he could do the impossible. And really think of that spiritual bucket list. If you want to take photo of it, if you can memorize them, make your own bucket list. And you don't have to do them by yourself. It might be scary, but you can, a lot of these things, you can actually start with your best friend. Okay. So, um, yeah, you've been called by the creator and you've got to answer the call. And, um, yeah, thanks for your time, guys.